For any Yankee fans looking for a podcast to listen to, I suggest you check out NYY Sports Talk. Are you listening? Tune into the fellas. There's no BS, there's no drama. Uh, you just feel like you with the fellas talking baseball. Welcome back. This is episode 228 of the NYYST podcast. I'm your host, Christian. As always, joined by my co-host, Chris. You. And we're less depressed than last week. We are a little. A little. I, not, I wouldn't say a little. I a would lot. say it's a, a, a lot, lot less depressed. The Yankees have just completed a four and two week. There's a lot of things to look for. I mean, there was a lot of things that you took out of this week that were very encouraging. There's still some things that you don't like that happened with this team. But hey, when we were sitting here last week after uh, getting swept by the Rays to have a four and two week, mm-hmm. to th- that if they sweep uh, Baltimore, they can go home up, uh, up, you know, above 500. I mean, that's a pretty good spot. They to got be how many right games now. against Baltimore? Uh, they're playing four against. They got Baltimore. four, so yeah, they have to sweep. Um, they got to sweep. I mean, they got to, right? Can we say that? Is that too much to ask for? Yeah, uh, you know what, dude? Three out of four on the road, I'll take. I would, I'll take. Mm-hmm. I, you know, anybody sweeping anybody four on the road is tough to do. So they have to win the series. If they did that, if they do that, they complete a they complete a six and two road trip. I don't think you can ask for much. But then they that. don't go back home. They don't. They go back home one game under. Right, right. So, and and I'll take that. But they left. They left. Uh, what? They left five under. So, yeah. And here's the thing, too. Right. My my goal for them, and let's just. I just want to go pull up my calendar here. So the last game is on Thursday. They can technically still end April at least at five hundred. Like even if they just even if they take three out of four and they win Friday, who do they play Friday? Detroit comes in. Okay, so that's a that's a game they could, they can easily win on Friday. They can end April five hundred. I mean, c- could you ask for anything more with the way they started? Where they were last week to end right. the month at five hundred? No, you can't really ask for much more than that. But we can ask for much more from you, our fan base, because not only can you leave us a five star rating review on iTunes, uh, please do that. Uh, you know, iTunes is uh, they're. They're five star rating horrors. You know they like they to are. they like to push five star rated shows mm. up the chart. So when you uh, you can see us up there with you know top tier people, you know I don't know how it works. They just they just love the five star rating. Fucking algorithm. It's, it's the algorithm. The fucking it's coded bro. to be they're whores for the five star rating and review. Yeah, you know. Uh, so please whore. do that. So subscribe to the show on iTunes and then. Uh, Chris has got a little bit of news that we've kind of touched on in the opening day episode where we said we were quitting, but we said we might not quit. And if this takes off, it might be one of the reasons why the show sticks around. So before we get into everything that happened during the past week, I think uh, Chris should take over. Yeah, I'm going to take over real quick, real quick. I'm going to say this. This episode is sponsored by, and every episode following this episode is sponsored by our patrons. Is that how you say Patrons. Yes. Patrons. By our patrons. You can get to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash M-Y-Y-S-T. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash M-Y-Y-S-T. Sign up to be a patron. 
here I I got to pull it up real quick before we get pull in. it up not out right I'm gonna pull it up not out okay. big difference okay all right so here's what you're gonna get I left it a little vague here because we still have to you know tie up some loose ends here but you're gonna get some bonus content stuff that my I gotta say my wife gave me a few good ideas I need to run by you that I think that I think would be good for some bonus content early access to episodes. Uh, we're going to try and do like a live thing with, with all of our patrons too monthly, at least once a month, maybe more, uh, fan requests. If you're a patron and you, and you start messaging us and want us to hit on certain topics or, you know, maybe even have an idea for a new segment, uh, you're going to get a shout out, which I'm going to get to in a minute. And most importantly, a few of our patrons have, uh, taken advantage of this already 40% off all MIYST merch. You can get that merch on MIYSportsTalk.com slash shop. Uh, you will get a special promo code when you sign up to get 40% off everything on, on the website. Um, one of the things I was thinking too, and maybe we'll, we'll peel back the curtain a little and just discuss it while we're on air here. I'm thinking like, we got to reach out to Curry again, Jack Curry, right? He's, uh-huh. he's done the show before he, uh-huh. he did a written interview for us, right? With the quarantine bits we were doing they were pretty popular yeah uh so like i want to have like jack curry back on the show brian hoke again stuff like that i want our patrons to if you're going to sign up for our patreon page i want our patrons to be able to put you know put in a couple questions they want us to ask some of these big name guests and we'll choose one or two to to ask them so you get your question answered by guys like jack curry brian hoke maybe we'll get uh, Lance McCullers back on before the end of the season. Uh, okay, so I've been uh, okay, so okay. Uh, okay, okay, I've been do, I've been number one for thirty years, thirty five uh, years. Okay, and you and you're gonna ask some guy on a pay, on the Patreon. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, so let me get to our shout outs real quick. We got our boy Hunter Larson, new Patreon, and we just dropped a page the other day. We haven't even released it on the show. We just dropped it on social media. Uh, we got Hunter Larson. Nicholas Baresi, big, big follower of ours. Thank you. Um, this next guy, Dermot Sullivan. I, I don't know if it's like a, if it's like a French name, like Dermo Sullivan, <laughs> D-E-R-M-O-T. I'm going to go Dermo. I'm going to call him Dermo Sullivan. Thank you. Uh, we got Roberto Ruiz, a.k.a. Don Sicario, and our boy Ryan Alivo. Ryan Alivo. Stadium status. That's the other Ryan. That's the other Ryan. Does he? Do you think Gloria knows that he signed up to the page? Mm. Do you think Gloria knows he's spending money on our show to get extra Yankee content? That's a hard no. That's a hard no. She does now. <laughs> I don't think he's going to let her listen to this episode. But anyway, anyway, so some of the bonus content you're going to get, and this is going to drop tomorrow, is a new show. SGR is the is the talent around the whole thing. Okay, and that's Mike's on late. We've been teasing that a little bit. We got a little teaser clip here. It's not exactly what we talked about behind the scenes, but I just went with this clip because I didn't want it to go too long. Here's a little teaser of Mike's on late. Little bit of something you'll get if you sign up to our Patreon page. You know, the three of them, uh, a lot what, of what, what is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? So, so you think Montgomery will... Uh, I see. I think Montgomery uh, is a good pitcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people uh, don't really. Yeah. Uh, think that. <laughs> uh, you think he is a good pitcher? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I like. I like Montgomery a lot. Uh, uh, Tyone, too. Yeah. You think he's a good? Yeah. 
Love Tyone. And uh, yeah. lastly, uh, Kluba. Hmm. Kluba. You yeah. think he's good too? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kluber is a, a great pitcher. Wait a second. Wait a second. Oh. Wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> Excuse my noodle. Yeah. Okay. NYYST presents Mike's on Late with your host, Mike Francesca, and his sidekick, me, John Minko. Weekly, only on Patreon. Okay. Yeah. All right, we're on Patreon. Okay, I need more. All right. So that was obviously uh, Mike Francesa interviewing uh, the Yankee GM Brian Cashman. That's S. That's a uh, dollar sign S H. Uh, and there's a few other segments in there. You got Mike Francesa prank calling people. Uh, you got a live uh, live uh, band at the end there, and uh, just an all around. It's it's ten minutes that will make you you know in the Billy Madison when after they talk the the host of of whatever they're doing of the decathlon is just like everyone in the audience is just dumber and stupider and just really just yeah we've all seen Billy Madison we know that's pretty much how you'll feel after it but it'll be so worth every second uh, of of your time it, it's just that good so so we encourage you to sign up for that. That's okay. patreon.com slash myyst. Okay. Okay. That's the show this week. That's Thanks it. for listening. Thanks for listening. <clears throat> so uh Yankees, like we said, they started, they completed a four and two week. Uh, you know, I don't know where exactly you want to get started here. The bats came alive a little bit in Cleveland. They started hitting some dingers. Uh, so you know, that that's that's always a good thing when the Yankees start hitting home runs uh, I don't know if we should really go negative you want to keep the positivity I don't up, want to go some... negative I just think I think we should get the less positive out of the way first and, and okay, I know so, that that both of us are gonna that's gonna surround really the same player I think at this point players but one player in particular players players there's one player in particular that's standing out for me, and I think we need to discuss in more in more depth. Yeah, who's that? That's Jameson Tyone. No, that's actually not the guy. I was I really? Mean, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, <clears throat> we'll get to him. But I mean, if you really wanted to take a deep dive into some of the problems still lingering around with this team, oh I yeah, yeah, yeah. Start there. Listen, I'm not saying that he's the biggest problem. What I'm saying is, he's the guy I want to go in a little bit more depth when we get to him. Because I think we we need to analyze everything that's going on with him and not just be negative about because him right now. He sucks. No, he does not suck. Uh, yeah. So <clears throat> Yankees hit the road. You know, they they split a series with Atlanta. You didn't feel great about the series. We're not going to go too much in detail because honestly, who cares at this point? They split the series. Uh, they won three to one Monday night. No, Tuesday night. They were off Monday. Tuesday night, they won 3-1. to one. The game-winning rally was a bases-loaded walk and uh, a wild wild pitch, right? That's how the other runs scored. Yeah. Then they got shut out in game two. Uh, then they hit the road for four. The bats came alive. Roof, Ned, Odor. I mean, the three games that the Yankees won, he can argue that he, had the, he did have the biggest hit in the Thursday's game. He had the tie-breaking hit. Uh, he had another. He had a big home run Friday night. He had a big home run Saturday night. Um, so 
you know, even if he doesn't do anything else the rest of the year, the trade kind of has already paid itself yeah. off that he's he's led to three straight wins and then naturally he hits cleanup today and you know doesn't really do much. But hey, you know what? It was worth the shot today to stick him in the cleanup spot considering that he he was hot. Yet he, he come up with three big hits leading into this year, you know, into today's game. So I had no problem with that. There was a few things about today's lineup that I didn't love. I didn't like that Hicks. Well, then we learned about Hicks, but I didn't like initially that Hicks was out of the lineup because he had shown a pulse. He hit a couple home runs in this series, mm-hmm. and then he's on the bench. And then we found out that he had a fart stuck in his ass and he couldn't play today. Really? Which is typical Aaron Hicks yeah. that he gets hot, starts showing a pulse, and then he's hurt. Right. Didn't sound like a big deal. Boone said he probably could have used him. Didn't want to, you know, it was a situation like with her show the other day. He just wanted to stay away from him and make sure that he was okay. You know, Gio was back in the lineup on Friday. He played, he had a he had a big home run today, although it ended up not meaning anything in a long run. But, you know, it's just typical Hicks, man. Like, yeah. And I said this yesterday after he hit the, he hit the home run to tie the game. I said, you know, it's not like I like Hicks. I never hit the fact that I don't like Hicks. But, but you're going to root for him. I'm going to root for the guy to perform because I'd rather the Yankees win with him performing than me being able to go on Twitter and be like, see, I told you Aaron Hicks sucks. You know, because that doesn't really benefit me or benefit anybody that roots for the Yankees. You know, and it's just like a lot of things. It's something that I wish a lot of fans would adopt. It's just like you can hate everybody, but it's still better when the player that you hate performs well because he's going to help the team win. Well, I got it. I got a few things on on my brain right now. The first but, thing but I, was, I was just saying, you go, uh, you go. Sorry, cut you off. Just, you go. I was just saying those like you start to see why the Yankees like Hicks, and then he get oh back tightness, whatever it is. He might be in the lineup again tomorrow. You don't know, but it's just like eh, it's like every time he doesn't even give you a to, chance to like him. Right. That's really what it comes down to. The first thing I'll say is this. My my uncle my uncle Jimmy listens to every episode almost. And he texted me the other day and he's Kyo. I just gotta say that. And uh your he texted yeah, he's Kyo. Uh-huh. And uh he texted me the other he's day. He's actually your wife's uncle. We need to clarify that before. He's my he's more my uncle at this point. But he's blood related to your wife. Yes. So we need to do we do have to clarify that. You're calling Correct. the man that you're calling your uncle cute, so right. we need to just let everybody know True. that it's it's one thing and not the True. other. True. 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 Uh, he said to me the other day, uh, and sometimes he does it just to just to get under, just to trigger me. He knows he knows how easily I'm triggered. Triggered uh, like a Stacy. Yeah. And he said, uh, Giancarlo Stanton sucks, right? He's always strikeout or, or home run. And I'll just say this, and I got to give Sterling credit, even though I know Sterling wasn't the one who came up with it. It was someone in the booth. He said today before the game, do you know what, like, do you know what he's pacing out to? Let's just put aside his average. He's not here to hit for a high average. Do you know what? Yeah, but he also can't hit 180. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. But do you know what he's on pace for this year? I didn't actually look at it. And, and it might be me. before this game, obviously, but he's on pace for 40 home runs and 112 RBIs. Okay. Would you not take that? I'm pretty sure that's what you're paying him for. Yeah, and, and you know, it's easy to say he sucks because he's, he's a frustrating player sometimes when he's cold, but Uncle Jim, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Now, you want to say a couple other players suck that I'm sure we'll get to. I will agree with you. But but Giancarlo Stanton, man, this guy gets such a bad fucking rap. It's like, I understand hating Hicks. I understand being completely done with Frazier and and being frustrated with some of these other guys. But, but Stanton, man, we got to get over the fact that he's going to strike out a lot. 
And and we got to look at what he's doing. Does he have to put the ball in play more? Yes, especially because of how hard he hits the ball. But I mean, he's been he's come through in some pretty big spots too. Let's not downplay what he's done so far this year. Look, he had two absolute fucking piss missiles. Uh, if someone caught night. those, their hands broken. I'm telling you right now. Abs- the first one, especially that he did, that was just like a fucking seed that he hit out there. You know how the kids in Little League now they wear like the chess guards, right? If one of those people were wearing that chess guard, it would have went right fucking through it, right through their whole body. So, uh, yeah. So he had two home runs on Thursday night, and then even though I think he only had a single today, but I liked his. I've been liking his approach at the plate a lot more is that he's trying to take the ball the other way. Yeah. He's trying to find that hole in between first and second base. And that's when you become a good hitter. And I get and one of the other points I wanted to get to before I say what I want to say about roof net door um, is that I got to give Boone credit too, because you don't have an offense that's clicking. And unlike other years where it's just kind of throwing out the same guys over and over he has changed things up, and he made a change that I think will stick and should stick for the rest of the year. And he finally did it, and I don't know why it took this long, but I really like Stanton batting before Judge. I really do. I think I think Stanton's going to do a lot more damage there, and Judge is more capable of not having as much protection behind him and still become and still getting hot. Yeah, he's he's awful right now. Oh, it's unbearable. I mean, it, it's bad. It's bad. Look, you know, he's three for whatever it is. He's not hitting the ball, but uh, Kay and broadcast today is like, but he's got eight walks in there. That's great. I don't care about Aaron Judge's on base percentage. No. I know. Look, yeah, I just heard a whole bunch of analytics nerds die. I literally heard mm-hmm. them fall on the they floor and, 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 and die right there. Aaron Judge, I'm not. Look, is it great that he works count? and gets on base sure but that's not dude this guy is not here to draw walks i'm sorry that's not what aaron judge is there to do no that's what aaron hicks is here to do aaron judge needs to be a 35 40 home run 100 plus rbi guy that's what aaron judge needs to do you you know what it's you want to take a silver you know what he's struggling he's drawing his walks means he's seen the ball well still fine you want to take that into consideration i'm i'm for that but i don't I'm not saying that, oh, Aaron Judge is three for 30, but he walked eight times, so good. No, I'm no, not going to be happy good. about it. I'm not going to be no, happy about it. No, it's not good. It. That's not good. I'm sorry. If that, it, Listen, here's what I'll say. If Judge is going to slump, but also get on base while he's slumping, I'll yes, take it. Fine. Will, but there's yeah, got to okay. be a point where he, this breaks through. Like, I'm not, this isn't why I'm happy with, I'm not going to sit here and be like, well, Judge, you know, he got on base a lot this year. No. Like, if this is how he's going to be during this t- rough stretch, fine. But he better fucking break through soon because we like need if he him. hits two fifty with seventeen home runs and forty eight RBIs this year, but has a three ninety on base percentage, you know somebody's gonna be like he had a really good year this year. No, yeah. he fucking didn't. No, he was terrible. Yeah, he's got to step up, man. And and this kind of will this can segue into what I was gonna say about. Well, Rufinetta. before can we get, yeah, yeah, touch, yeah, 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 you saw the report that uh, the Angels wanted and Yankees had some trade discussions about him. Who had trade discussions about him? The Angels and the Yankees. They had trade discussions surrounding Aaron Judge. Really? Where'd that? See, this is how. Where did those? You where did those lead? You don't pay attention to anything in the group chat. I don't. Like I, well, I do. I'm driving a lot. You know. 
You driving by yourself? Uh, no. But oh, when I'm driving, I keep my phone in my pocket. I'm responsible. No, you tell your wife to, you know, check messages for you. Mm. Well, I I try and go back. What if I'm like, yo, listen, bro, I got I got uh I got Rob Manford. He's gonna come on the show. We he says we could talk shit to him. Well, this is my thing with you. This is my pet peeve with you. Is that when it's something important and if I don't respond, you gotta keep hitting me back up. You just leave it and expect that I just ignored you for whatever reason. Right. Because um if it's not important to you at the time, it's not gonna be important to you now. So were these trade talks serious? They couldn't have been. Well, apparently they were phrased as a light flirtation and it was basically a way to open a door for other future trade talks. But the Angels have a brand new general manager. So I'm sure that he called around trying to make a splash, uh, you know, as a new uh, first time Mm -hmm. GM. But, you know, from the Yankees perspective, like what do the Angels have that you'd want for Aaron Judge? Like you're not obviously you're not trading Mike Trout. Would you though? Would you? Yeah, I would. In a heartbeat, right? Yeah. Yeah, I would. Okay, so, but they're not going to do that. No. Who do they have? Oh, they have Otani, right? They have Otani. He's not coming here. No, no, he can't. He can't pitch under the lights, under the bright lights. It was just, I guess it was a slow news day, so Buster Olney came out with that today. He was like, oh, report. Probably a lie. I don't know. You think he would lie about something like that? I don't know. I mean, I mean, you've seen reporters nowadays. They just want to be first on something without even knowing if it's real. I, I don't think it really ever got that deep, but it was just the way that it came out today. It's like Angels and Yankees have trade talks surrounding Aaron Judge, and you're like, okay, I know it's clickbait, but I have to read it. You have to click it. That's how good it is. That's how good the bait is. So it was described as, quote, a light flirtation, and then it went on to say that it was you know, used as a segue way to talk about other players okay, that well, might be available. What did the GM do? He talk about all the guys they have there that have Tommy John, and like try and lure. Uh, do they have Tommy John guys? I don't. They sure. must if he's no, called, if he's they trying have, to flirt with Cash. No, but they do. They have Otani, but he they can't get. Yeah, nah. can't get Otani. No. So that was an interesting thing that came out today, and and then you know naturally you know judges doesn't do anything today, so people are like, you should have traded him, should have traded him. You know, it's funny you brought that up. I'm just going to do the, just to, just to discuss it real quick. I was talking to my buddy today and he said, if it came down to having to sign Torres or judge, call me crazy, but I'd take Torres. And I said, you got to give me till the end of the season to answer that, like really answer that. But let me ask you this and I'll phrase it this way. If Torres has a breakthrough MVP type year and judge just continues to either get hurt or just really just not produce and it came down to one of the two guys who are you taking well you're telling me that aaron judge is not an mvp type player anymore and glaber torres is and glaber torres is also what four years younger i mean yeah i just think it's an interesting question because again whether it was forced or not judge is the face of this team in this franchise and he's got the chambers and he's got all that can we look past that after this year if he doesn't come through if he's healthy, I think the numbers are going to be there at the end of the year. It's just frustrating to watch him right now because he's just not—he's just not himself right now. Everybody, it's like you know, you can say whatever stands hitting 180, but you know he's shown signs of being at John Carlos Stanton. You know, when has Aaron Judge done that this year? Plus, plus, regardless of what Stanton do, does this whole year, what did he do in the playoffs? I mean, we're still basing it off of playoffs. And Stanton was there, man. 
Stanton right. should. I know a lot of people like to rip on judges' uh, postseasons, but you know maybe he doesn't have the best postseasons. But he always seems to get the team off on the right foot in that first game, and that can't be understated. You can't no, take that away. You from are one hundred percent right. You're one hundred percent right, and he's done that every year he's been in the postseason. So, uh, Aaron Judge is a guy that's got to, that, that really need. The Yankees are going to really start rolling and dominating when two players step up in the lineup. He's being the first one, and DJ LeMay is the second one. And and you could and you can argue that Gary Sanchez is is a close third. And Gary Sanchez is back to being completely lost. Yeah, yeah. Can I just say something real quick on Rufnado Door? Because okay. because it does kind of go into does segue through the judge stuff. I know I know that Judge can't do what I'm about to say because he's in the outfield and there's other but there's other ways that Judge can show me that he's got this leadership thing figured out when he's on the field. Did you see, and everyone's talking about Rufnado Dor his swag he's got the bat flip which which is great. You know, I, yes had to bring this up. I texted you Eric Kratz who I absolutely love tweeted out that the Yankees are too professional. I don't believe that one bit. I, lo- I love the professionalism, but that doesn't mean that they can't have a guy like Odor come in and really stir things up, which I love, and I think he's been great. But there's one thing that Rufnet Odor has done beyond you know the home runs and stuff like that that I noticed the other night that we haven't had a guy do really in a long time, and that was take a second when Justin Wilson was was having some issues. No, that game was teetering right there. Go out onto the mound, settle him down. Maybe he saw a couple things he was doing. Maybe he was tipping a pitch, something like that. He settled him down, and he took leadership there. And that's something that a Yankee hasn't done, whether it's Judge or anyone else, that I've seen in a really, really long time. And that can't go under. You can't stress enough how important that is. And that just goes back to Judge of like, he's not he hasn't been healthy to stay on the field and lead on the field. But even when he is healthy... I don't see him doing much on the bench. like, And that sounds stupid, but look at what Garrett Cole does every single game. Every time they're, they're zooming in on Garrett Cole on the bench, what's he doing? Is he just sitting there doing nothing? He's no, drinking coffee. He's drinking coffee. He's, he's throws a fat dippy in, but he's fucking he's talking to these guys. He's, he's trying to be a leader. And you see Odor do that on the field. And you see, I, I, I just don't see Judge doing that. Okay, is, that well, is that unfair? Uh, whatever, I don't care. Lead by what you do. What you're, but he's not doing uh, well, anything on the field. Okay. He's not lead, leading he, by example on the field because he's not producing. Okay, so that's what he needs to do. I don't care about all that other rah-rah shit. Did Derek Jeter ever do any of that? Yes. No, nah, no, nah, he really was. He Jeter was took a, control of the game when he was on the field if he had to. And it's a different situation. It now, is he's a, a shortstop situ- and, uh, and Aaron Judge was, is a right fielder. That's what I said wasn't fair. But you know, I'll even go to I'll even I'll even put some blame on Brett Gardner here being being the veteran of the team. Like when this team's shitting the bed and Judge comes out and says something stupid, I don't even have I don't have the quote verbatim, but it was like we don't we're lacking the intensity. What? Like that's what you show up for. And like I don't see these guys trying to get everyone riled up on the bench. Uh, that's the part of me that that. I'm going to feed into the the crazies on the internet that says this team is lacking intensity when they were losing. Now, of course, I said this last week, and I'll say it again. Chemistry and all that stuff follows winning. You got to win first, and then all that other stuff kind of right. comes now, out, and, I mean, and you see that. Weekend, now, now the Yankees, 
they all they magically care about baseball now because they won a few games. Well, yeah, well, yeah, you're being sarcastic, but yes, I mean that's what that's what it comes down to. You start to break out of it, and this is what I talk about all the time: where you don't worry about a team struggling when they haven't found themselves yet. You worry about a team struggling after they found themselves, they start to hit a stride, and then they completely regress. Well, now the Yankees are on an upswing here, and you need to watch them. You need to see them continue that, and they have the perfect two series to do that right now, back-to-back, to really just fucking dominate. They should come out of these next seven games with two losses. Maximum. Two. Yeah. Uh, right. Okay. And what, uh-huh. if, they, if they go five and two, they're what? 14 and... 14 they're nine, and... They're nine and 12 right now. They're nine and 12. If they go... F- they'll be... They'll still put them at 500 for... for right? Am I doing that right? So we're we're anticipating them taking three out of four against Baltimore. So that'll put uh, them at twelve yeah. and thirteen. So then if they take two out of three from Detroit, fourteen and fourteen, then they'll be they'll be fourteen and fourteen. So when they hit, uh, when Houston hits the Bronx on May fourth, the Yankees should you know they should be a five hundred baseball team. They should be resetting and at that point. At that point, you know you take the first month, you throw it out. They played as piss poor as they possibly could have played, and they and they finished five hundred in the first month of the year. I think you signed for that, Absolutely. considering how bad they were leading into this past week. So it really comes down to when Houston comes in on May fourth. Where are the Yankees? If they're five hundred or better, then you're feeling pretty good that this team has turned the corner, yep. as Aaron Boone likes to say, and they're ready to really take off. And maybe they're, they're under- uh, maybe maybe a little bit of this too. We are going to start banging, you know. Okay. So if they come, if Houston comes in and they're under five hundred, then did the Yankees really? take care of business? The answer is no, because that means that they lost or they either lost one of these series or they tied in Baltimore, which you can't have. You can't tie a series. You can't split a series in Baltimore. You can't do it. Four games, I understand, but come on. You're going to have Garrett Cole going into one of these games. You mean that's That should be one that you put in your pocket, and yeah. then you just look at it as you got to take two out of three. I mean, the, the Orioles are throwing fucking Matt Harvey tomorrow. Mm, Seriously? Yeah, he's good. Dark Knight. I mean, he's not. I mean, the Dark Knight. I mean, what are we talking about here? He's not. He's not Christian Bale, Batman. He's like you went to the party store and they didn't have any fucking Batman costumes left, so they they rented you like. A, yeah. I don't even. I don't even know. They like. They're like here. This is black. Wear this, dummy. I'm not wearing hockey pants. And then he fucking. And then it's like the Dark Knight if he if he just fucking gives up to the Joker, and then goes homeless, and then fucking still walks around. With fucking shaking a can with a beard, he can't even shave his face, and he tells people he's fucking Batman. That's really what 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 Matt Harvey is at this point. He's like the fat guy that wears the hockey pads. That's right. what Matt Harvey is. Right in, the, in that opening scene there. Right. Well, it's not the opening scene, but you know when Batman first shows up in the movie there. But anyway, um, what were we just talking about? I don't know. Aaron Judge. Yeah. I don't know. Are we done with Aaron Judge? Are we done talking about him? or Are we done loving him? I don't know both. <laughs> I can't. I got to say, man, I'm definitely not done loving him. Obviously, but I'm getting to a point where all the all the fun stuff surrounding Judge isn't holding its weight anymore for me. Where I'm not like making excuses for him anymore. But does he? 
I mean, a lot of that stuff, I mean, like... He, he doesn't ask, ask for he, it. He doesn't ask for I it. I say it's unfair. I know. He didn't walk into Brian, uh, you know, Randy Levine's office and be like, hey, put some fucking chambers no. out there for me. I hope he didn't. I hope I he mean, didn't. You, I'm sure you could You could find out for sure. I could definitely find out, actually. But, um, like, and I'm not saying... I, I always say this. I say it's not fair to the guy. He didn't ask for this. The Yankees forced it on him. But you know what? He's good enough to live up to it. So, so it's time to live up to it. And I'm not letting that distract me from what he's really doing anymore. I'm not letting my, it's almost like, I feel like it's almost like, uh, you know, you're supposed to love him, right? Like, you know, you're supposed to love him. You know, he's, he's the guy, he's your guy, but like, I'm not letting that distract me anymore from what he actually has to do. When he's healthy, he's never not performed on the field. Agreed. So is he allowed to slump an entire month? Absolutely. I, I well, absolutely to start the year uh, especially, yes. But now it's time this to, is, this to step Baltimore, it up. Look, this Baltimore series is is very big for this offense because if they this offense needs to pound they need to score 40 fucking runs in this series. I'm not even I'm not saying that to be an asshole or to throw some big they need to average 10 runs a game in this series. They really do. I'm being serious. If you really want to get the fans behind you and feel that you're back and you're back to being the Yankees, you you absolutely have to destroy the Orioles pitching in Camden Yards. They ha- you th- need to- this has to be the catalyst for the for the offense right now. No no questions asked and I'm glad you brought that up because I was looking at the standings earlier. And out of all the things the Yankees have done so far this year, this is by far the most disgusting to me. Okay? How good has this pitching staff been? Really? I'm, That's, uh... I, no, even the starters. Even when the starters have had a tough day, the bullpen has picked them up to make them overall a great pitching staff right now. They've only allowed 83 runs. 83. And I'm looking here. That's like third best in in the American League. But here's here's where I'm just absolutely disgusted. They've only scored 75. They are they are negative 8 in run differential right now. That's unacceptable. You know, you know, it's weird. I was just looking at the pitching matchups for Baltimore because we're saying Garrett Cole's pitching when he's he's not listed as a starter in any of the games. Yeah, because Baltimore. they're doing these they're doing this push. Isn't Davey pitching tomorrow? Right, but still, I thought the whole deal was to keep Cole on his day. I don't know, man, but I gotta say, I really dislike it. I really dislike adding the, these pitchers in because, you know, I, again, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. He here. should be starting. He should be starting the finale in Baltimore. Maybe they want him against Detroit. What the fuck is the difference? Yeah, listen. Why you get, I mean. I don't like this. And I think this is a big problem when it comes to like Kluber and Tyone who are trying to get back into their rhythm and, and, and really pick up. Again, I don't want to get ahead of myself here. I don't know when you want to get to those guys. We will. I want to finish with the offense so, first. So let's just start, finish with the offense and I'll get back to my point on that when it comes to Tyone and Kluber. Uh. We have to talk about DJ LeMayu. He was on the bench today. Just going back to what I was saying earlier about some, I tweeted this and I'll just reiterate it today. Some notes that I had on on the lineup today. Uh, Frazier was on the bench. You know what, dude? Fucking keep him there. Honestly, I I know he said that and he he pinch hit for uh, Gardner late in the game Mm -hmm. and uh, he drew a walk and he said he's seen the ball better. 
whatever. I don't really care right now. Uh, we've always been Clint supporters on this show, but he the kid is completely lost at the plate. I know there's a lot of guys lost at the plate, but he's in a – and we always said, why does Clint pay? Because you want to know why Clint pays? Because there's people to take his spot. He's he's and, not he's a, he's never made himself invaluable. He's an expendable guy still. And you want to know what? Let Mike Talkman get a run here. Let Mike Talkman get a run through Baltimore and see what it is. Yeah, can I bring up something with Frazier that really bothers me? And and you know, some one of our one of our fans on uh, on Facebook messaged me. John, he's he's a good follower of ours, and he wanted me to bring up like when do you get to the point where you start like. A lot of it is always the players, right? The coaches are there pretty much just to take the brunt of everything when it gets bad enough. And like, when do when do the coaches have to kind of be held accountable for this bullshit? And I'm starting to really get to the point where Marcus Tim's job needs to be on the line here because there's small things that I'm seeing that I just don't understand. And Paul O'Neill was was bringing it up too. Like, look at Frazier's front foot. Would you do that for me? It's fucking like he's going to break his it. leg. I know, what it is. I know what it is. And and do you see what that's doing to a guy who has the fastest bat speed in baseball probably? It's it's completely he's going against his body at that point. Why are we not making adjustments? And like look at look at Glaber Torres. I I I'm I'm someone who wasn't even a good hitter but I'm sitting here watching him swing and I'm picking apart 10 different things that he's doing wrong. First of all, he's dropping his back shoulder on on every pitch low and away. And his and it's making him drop his bat and his and his bat's coming around the ball when it's not supposed to be. It's so long. He can't get a good piece of any. Why is Marcus Timms not making these adjustments? I, why can I see that? Why can Paul O'Neill see that from a thousand miles away watching on a TV screen? But these adjustments aren't being made. Clint Frazier's front foot. Anyone who's listening who hasn't actually noticed it, it's it's unbelievable how a guy could even say he feels comfortable. I do want to make a correct. I think I mentioned that Stanton hit two home runs on Thursday. He hit, he wasn't in the lineup on Thursday. He played Fridays when he hit those home runs. Cause I just like to be correct about those types of things. Wrong. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Like when do we get to the point though? Like, Let's just say April finishes. They're, they're under 500, fire. and they I mean, don't they, hit that to stride. Play a little. Yeah, I mean, and you want to take a look at it then. You're not going to do it now. They didn't do it when Cashman when uh, Cashman had his press conference on, what was it, Monday when he had the press conference? Yeah. And really didn't say much of anything. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if they didn't make a change then, now they're playing a little bit better. You're not going to make one now. Yeah, and uh, what the hell was they just going to say? Damn it. I forget what the hell I was going to say. I don't know. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but Marcus Timms is the only hitting coach now, right? They had two for a while, but I believe it's just Marcus Timms now. I, I'll take your word for it. I don't. I didn't really keep. I know PJ Pilateri was there for a while. Was like yeah. Coach. I believe it's just Timms now. I'll look it up. But you know, regardless, it, if the Yankees continue down this path of scoring runs finding ways to win and whatever. And like we said, they kind of reset their season after April. They go out, they attack the Astros, and they start to get back on, on top and, and on a winning pace. Then then it's all fine and dandy. But I think if you're in the middle of May and they still haven't hit that stride, you really have to take it, take it into consideration. 
Yeah, I mean, but they're doing this at least this weekend. They did some things that you'd like to see them do. But yes. I just saw something before we get into DJ LeMayu is that because we, we were saying about Frazier, right? Why does Frazier pay? Because he has people to step in and play for him. And this is a problem the Yankees ran into on Thursday night. Now, it turned out that it was a good thing because Clayber Torres had three hits and, you know, was a big uh, contributor in the win on Thursday. But, uh, you know, Aaron Boone wasn't happy with him when he had that little swing and bunt or whatever it was. He didn't hustle out of the mm-hmm. box. You know, people were calling for him to get benched, blah, blah, blah. Right. Okay. So, and even I said that I would have even called up Tyler Wade for that game just so just to bench he could his sit ass. Him, just to bench him. And he turned out he had a good game. He's been a lot better in the field. I mean, you're going to knock on wood. You don't want to jinx him. But, and before we get off on a real thing here, I just do, do want to mention this. You take like, and I and I texted this to you. Take like whoever you would think are like the top four or five shortstops in Major League Baseball mm. and add their defensive run saved. Glaber Torres is better than all of them combined. So that's why I could care could not care less about uh, defensive analytics because you're going to mean to tell me any of those guys combined are worse. Yeah, than yeah. the way we've seen Glaber Torres play. Yeah, so, and just to correct myself here, PJ is still the assistant hitting coach, but. Uh-huh. Uh, they don't talk, let him talk, g- though. Going about, yeah, no, they put him in a cage. Um, talking more about Glaber, a lot of it's just mental. Like, I know his range isn't the greatest at shortstop. We all know that. The Yankees but know did, that. Derek Jeter was the worst <laughs> defensive shortstop in history. <laughs> but, like, when we're talking about Glaber Torres' issues, it's not really his range. I heard like, he has daddy issues. Does he have daddy issues? He, I, don't I don't know. I don't know. I think he actually doesn't. Um, but on the field issues, it's not really his range that gets in the way of, of, of his play. It's like no, the stupid uh, shit when he throws the ball in the dirt right? It's or when me, he doesn't he, know to fucking make sure you keep the ball in the infield he, on a throwdown. I don't know. To me, it's just like, I never, he, I get nervous with him when he doesn't get his feet set. He plays scared. He plays, he plays, he, he lets, he lets the game get bigger than him. And, and that's you something wanna, you, you can't do. That's, that's a guy that reads the newspaper. You think so? I don't know. I think he's pretty focused. I think he's. I think it's more of just like you don't think that he knows that people think he sucks at shortstop. No, yeah, he definitely does, but I don't think it really affects him. I think he's a hardworking guy who who you listen he tries to, to. He might be trying too hard. Maybe he is. Maybe he's putting too much pressure on himself, and it's allowing the game to just eat him up. But like, all right. So back to what I was saying. Right? They couldn't bench Glaber Torres on Thursday night because right. Gio was hurt. So that's your emergency shortstop. And I don't think they really wanted to make a move, a roster move, just to send Glaber Torres a message. So, so he played. And, I mean, good thing he did because, like I said, he had three hits, uh, and he ended up having the key hit that t- that tied the game in that, yeah. three run, in that three-run rally that they had there. So, I mean, like, you know, so – Clint Frazier pays the price because he's there is Brett Gardner, there is Mike Tockman. Right. So, uh, you know what, dude, let Mike Tockman play the rest of the week. Yeah, and you know what, you know why I'm okay with uh, Torres not being able to get the message sent to him and get and, and be benched. It's not just that he had some big hits the next night or the next game. No, that's exactly what it is. No, no, no. Of course. But what I'm saying. You went 0 for 5 and they lost. You'd be fucking screwed. No, what I'm going to say, which I think is more important when it comes to talking about sending a message, is the dude fucking hustled like he he had a fucking 
Rottweiler running behind him and was going to fucking attack him. But Aaron Boone doesn't yell at his players. And and he beat out a, that one ball. I know he was. I've never seen him run faster. So the message was sent some way somehow. That's because Aaron Boone got him the flavor of Kool Aid that he likes. Yes. He he likes the red squeeze bottle. And when Aaron was like, "Listen, I got you the fruit punch. Are mm. you going to play hard now?" And then he said, "Yes, Daddy. Yes." So, um, all right. So let's get to DJ LeMayu because that was my other point about the lineup today. Now you can look at what is DJ hitting like two seventy seven about. Well, I, let's just start here to start the week, or at least to start the Indian series. He was batting two eighty six, which is respectable, especially in a lineup that's not hitting. But as the series progressed, and you kept looking at his at his average, it just kept He's hitting two sixty right now. Yeah, so it was two eighty six. Chris, his OPS is 688. That's below league average for DJ LeMayu, bro. Again, again, you could almost take it as a compliment. This is the first time we've seen him struggle in in this in the three seasons now that he's been here. Okay, it's gonna happen. These guys are human. Okay, he's got to settle in. He's got to go back to being DJ. He is the machine still. Sometimes machines need a little lube, a little oiling up. You know. Does he need a software upgrade? Does he need a software? I don't know. I don't. Maybe he does, but he'll be fine. DJ is the least of my worries right now. Can we still no, talk about him and be frustrated? Be right Why? I don't think he should be the least of your worries right now. He's the least of my worries of all the players struggling. How, how could that not really be frustrating? He's not. He's not. He's hitting on. You can see it. He's not squaring the ball up. He's no. on top of the ball. He's rolling his That's wrists over. Yeah, but look at where he's hitting the ball, Chris. That's why he's hitting a lot of ground balls. Yeah, I know. I know. I I I'm and, agreeing with you. And I'll tell you this too: his K rate has to be up. I don't have it in front of me. His K rate has to be up, at least just from the naked eye watching him. He's striking out way more than he ever did. I'll actually, Which is also as we talk, then, I'll, I'll pull that up. Because doesn't that to you say that he's not seeing the ball right if he's striking out that much? Well, he's clearly but, not seeing the ball right. And the one thing I'll give the Yankee hitters this, at least this past series, is that you notice that they're they're swinging at better pitches, and that's why they're getting good good wood on the ball and hitting more home runs. Because whether you hate it or not, the Yankees win when they hit home runs. And so the fact that they're squaring up better pitches is a good sign, but DJ just hasn't gotten there yet. And, and if he is striking out more, which I have to agree with you just based on watching him, that's a that's a problem in itself because DJ's there to even out the guys who strike out way too much in this lineup. DJ's there because he puts the ball in play no matter if he's struggling or not. You know, the funny thing is, is that somebody, you know, it's going to start sooner than later if he doesn't, especially, this is why I'm saying this Baltimore series is a key series for a lot of these hitters. They have, they have to get hot in Baltimore. And if DJ is, comes home and hitting 245, you know, the fans are going to turn on him. You oh, hate yeah. to say it, you know, it's going to happen. And the sad part about it is, is that what would have happened if DJ LeMay signed with another team in the offseason? Oh, forget it. I mean, it would have been the worst mistake ever. People would have gone crazy. So you can't say now that if he comes home in 245 through May or into May that the, it was a mistake for the Yankees to sign him. This is what everybody wanted. This is the first prolonged slump this guy has gone through in 
two years as a New York Yankee. I guess we just got to live with it. Okay. Mike. Okay. I just want to get to your point real quick. So the first thing I'll say is he has struck out 15 times this year so far. All of last 77 year. 77 at bats. And now it's been, yeah, 70. Sorry. Yep. 77 at bats. Okay. Last year he had 195 at bats. And he only struck out 21 times. Right. So obviously his came rate is through the fucking roof right so, now. So hold on real quick. I got to just do this one more time. Uh, so he's on pace right now to strike out. If he gets about 600 at bats, which he did his last full year with the Yankees in, in 2019, he would have 117 strikeouts. In that same year, in 2019, with uh, 602 at bats, he had 90 strikeouts. Right, but still 117 is on the low end for some of these guys on this team. It but is. LeMayu, it is, but for, for LeMayu, LeMayu, just to yeah. put it into bigger context here, the most strikeouts he's ever had was in 2015 with 107. But he still batted 301 with a 358 on base and and a uh, 746 OPS. So, yeah. You're right. At the end of the day, you're right. I mean, he's on pace to have the most strikeouts he's ever had in any season he's played, which is not good for a guy that is here to not strike out. Like DJ's number one goal, don't strike out, put the ball in play. That's what you're here for. You signed the guy to a six-year contract coming off of two MVP caliber years. The guy played like a top five player in the sport the last two years. And to be hitting 260, I mean... You know, he's not driving in runs. He's not getting on base. He's not, I mean, what is he doing? But are we going to really sit here and say that he's not going to turn it around? You hope so. No, you know so. You know he's going to. You know he's going to. Now, if you want to talk about guys like Gary, Frazier, Torres, if he goes on another slump, those are guys I don't know. Those are guys that scare me. Even throw Judge in there right now. Looking the way he looks, being hurt all the time. DJ is the one guy that I know this isn't who he is. This Gary Sanchez is currently hitting 196 right now, which for him is good. What did he bat? What did he bat last year? I think we talked about this two weeks ago. His OPS was over 900, right? And we were like, wow, mm-hmm. that's really good. Mm-hmm. It's 661 right now. Yeah, we'll see how quick things can change. Uh, you know, and then now we're getting, you know, now you got to feel the calls that, uh, oh, Higgy's got to play every day. No, Higashioka doesn't need to play every day. Just let Higashioka do what, what Higashioka doing. is doing. Yes. He's a, he's more of a novelty, right? When he comes in, if he's the type of guy who's going to come in and hit a few bangers and some, in some big spots and catch for Cole and do whatever you take that. But when you make Higashioka, your starting catcher and you put him out there every single day. You're going to see Kyle Higashioka for what Kyle Higashioka really is, and you don't want that. He's not the solution. You can hate Gary all you want and say he he shouldn't be starting. Fine. But Kyle Higashioka can't be your answer. Can he play more? Fine. Can he play a little bit more? Fine. But I'm telling you, the more he's out there, the more he's going to be exposed for what he is, and that's a backup catcher. I'm sorry. You think Garrett Cole was mad that Higashioka hit a home run in a non-Garrett Cole start? I think he was. I think he fucking pulled him to the side, and he fucking reamed him. He said, I guess he said is, how you know dare what? you? 
we did, I mean, really, we've defended Gary Sanchez ad nauseum on this show, and maybe this is what he is right now. This is who Gary Sanchez is. You know, you just hope that, and really, he has not been a liability behind the plate this year. No, he's so been you, really good behind the plate for him. So this is what you're asking for Gary Sanchez. Don't ruin the game behind the plate and run into 25 home runs. Yes. I mean, I want more out of him, but, but yeah. I mean, look, he's given, out of, up until last season, the only knock on Gary has really been that he just sucks behind the plate, right? But he's giving no, you that now. Fucking god awful with the bat too. Like he's been no, he has like, been over the last year, but before that, it's been behind the plate. So at least he's not a liability behind the plate, like you're saying. I I can't accept that Gary Sanchez is this player at, with the bat in his hand. Well, maybe he is. I mean, maybe we really have to start looking at it like that. I, he's the type of guy I'm telling you right now. Please save this recording somewhere. He's the type of guy that when he leaves New York, if they get rid of him, which is probably likely at some point, he's going to fucking explode and be the best catcher in the game again. I'm telling you, he's that. That might be a risk that they have to take, though. It, it probably is. If he's going to continue down this path, I, I can't disagree with that. I mean, if we when we really looked at Gary Sanchez, we did a deep dive into his numbers, however long ago that was. It seemed that the worm always turned around injuries for him. When he was healthy, he was dominant with the bat, except for last year, which he was healthy, and he, and he was awful. Yes. And he seems to be healthy now, and he's after the first couple games of the year, he's back to being awful with the bat. Do you think this is going to sound so like petty and fucking childish, but let's try and break it down. Do you think it has anything to do with Higgy going in there and being successful? Do you think that weighs on him? Like, is he not mentally tough enough okay, well, to then, work you know through what? that? Then you're not going to get paid, bro. So, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, no, it, 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 it is what it is. That's all you can say about it. But, like, if that's what's happening here, if he's putting too much, just like Torres, if he's putting too much pressure on himself because Higgy's going out there, you have the wrong mindset, man. I mean, you got to know you're the fucking guy. You got to have those cojones, man. You got to fucking drop your balls Whatever down. Torres has got to put a couple in the seats this week. Yeah. Yeah, he does. I can't. We're gonna keep going back to that. It's gonna be a common thing. They need to have a huge offensive series this year. This I want week. one game of like fourteen runs. That's what I'm saying. Like they got. They got. When we when we break down the series because they're playing a one o'clock game on Thursday, so we can do a show Thursday mm -hmm. night. Yep. Uh, when we're talking about the series, I want to see an average, an average of ten runs. They have to put up at least forty runs in this series. I like that. That's 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 a fucking high bar to set, but I I think it's. Reasonable. And I didn't see John Means uh, listed as a pitcher in any one of these games. So you mean to tell you can't tell me that the Yankees can't smack around this pitching staff. They don't even have a fucking pitching staff. No, they just wake up other than Means, they just fucking wake up and 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 pick names out of a hat and they no, just but John fucking, Means is really good. No, he's good. I said outside of him, they don't have anyone. They don't have fucking anyone. Means is actually going to be a really good pitcher. All right, so speaking of pitching, unless there's anything else you want to touch on with no. the uh no with the with the offense here. Uh so we'll we'll really just you know break it down from the uh we'll just say this. Uh Garrett Cole was dominant Saturday night and he wasn't even that good. No, it's crazy. It's like you're watching this guy and it's like this guy's so fucking good and he's not even there yet. He's not even there. He hasn't even given you 
outside now here's where it's like kind of unfair but we got to say it outside of that baltimore start it's fucking baltimore he did what he was supposed to do as an ace right but like other than that you haven't even seen what Garrett Cole's capable of and he's still that good he's still that fucking dominant what's his era down to now one seven something uh, the guy is the guy is an unbelievable I, I, I texted this the other day. The Yankees have to win a World Series. It's 171 right now. The Yankees have to win a World Series with this guy just for the simple fact of being able to say that he was the greatest free agent signing they've ever had. I mean, this guy I, is so good yeah, I mean, he overall could, he could with everything. That even if no, they don't win, but. No, he is not. They need to win. He is not. They need to win. If he does everything that you ask him to do, but they don't put enough pitching around them, that's not his fault. No, no, no. It's not his fault, and I can still isolate him himself and say he was phenomenal. But you can't make the statement that he was the greatest free agent signing ever unless they win a World Series or two. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, you know what? We're gonna, we might be talking about that because the guys that Cashman brought in, and this before we even get there... Uh, Herman had an atrocious first inning on uh, Thursday night, right? And we're all talking about leaving him in a dumpster behind Jacobs Field, mm-hmm. which I'll always call it Jacobs Field. I don't care what the fuck they rename it. It's Jacobs yes, Field. Always. Um, Home of the Cleveland Indians. Don't care if they rename the team either. So he has that really bad first inning, and then he settles in and pitches a really good game. So Very now, good. Really, when you look at back at this season, right, if the Yankees get to where they need to be, you're going to look at that game on Thursday night as a turning point in, in the in the season. And the heroes of the game, Domingo Herman and Ruth Neto Dor. Like, who would have ever fucking pegged that? Yeah. <laughs> Can I just say something about the Indians real quick? Like, what are they doing with the team name? That's like if I, I that's like if my kid went to school and was like, "Hey, Miss Douchebag," and the teacher's like, "Hey, that's offensive," and he's like, "Okay." I'm going to call you Miss Douchebag. I'm going to change the name I call you, but I'm going to wait a couple years. Is that what they're doing? Is that still a thing? Or is this just, are they just trying to, you know, please the crowd until it blows over? I think they're changing it next year. So they're cool. So it's offensive enough to change, but they're just not there yet. They're still the Indians. Like on their gear, like Uh it doesn't say Indians anymore. It says Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah. You know, like, you you know, everybody's got the same. Sweatshirts, it just changes with the logo and name. Like it says yeah. New York Yankees baseball. Well, yeah. it just says Cleveland baseball. It's so offensive. We're going to fucking change our whole organization for it, but not yet. We're still going to be the Indians. That's, that's, guess, that's where their organization's at. Right. So, okay. Anyway, uh, um, yeah. I mean, you got to say, Herman really fucking settled in. And more than anything, what he, he gave you six innings now. Right. I mean, that was very important. And and when did they get those three runs? In the first or second? Who, the Indians? Yeah. The first inning. So, like, just that alone, you're like, shit, this is going to be another three-inning game from a starter. And he really he really buckled down, and, and he had a good game. And, and you know what I took away from that? I watched him go into the, into the dugout when he was done, and it seemed like the team was there supporting him and, and had his back and that he seemed to fit in again. And and you hope that they saw enough progression out of him where they're accepting him as a teammate now and he can just kind of progress from this. Because the Yankees can use him. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously they could use him. They don't really have much starting pitching outside of him. I mean, if you really want to go back to the Atlanta series, Corey Kluber was not good again. He I gave mean, up two yeah. runs. He had two earned runs. Yeah, but did he, he didn't get very deep. Did he only get two he, runs? He, he, went, he pitched into the fifth. I mean, that's something I want to bring up with him and Tyone when we get to it. I mean, he, he only gave up two earned runs. And the Yankees had every opportunity in the world to win that game, and they didn't. Uh, he walked four guys. He pitched four and two-thirds innings. Uh, he threw 91 pitches in those four and two-thirds innings. So, you know, he's not there right now. No. And, and look, these two guys, and this is what I want to go back to when we were talking about filling in these these rotation spots and, like, pushing these guys an extra day. I don't agree with it. These guys need to go out there and take the ball every fifth day and keep working themselves to where they need to be in-game. There's only so much you can do throwing bullpens or simulated games on the side. These guys need to have the intensity of a, of an, a in the game and continue to work every fifth day like they're going to as the season progresses. I don't agree with this giving them an extra day. What is that doing? It's just it's it's making them plateau. It's been how many weeks now? How many starts? And him and Tyone seem to die out. I mean, Tyone had a good game his last time out. But, like, they, again, when he started to lag today, it's like that same inning where you start to see so much drop off of their stuff. And they're not there yet. And, and, and pushing them an extra day isn't going to get them there. I'm sorry. I just don't see where they're seeing this. Where's the evidence that this is good? I mean, these guys haven't pitched in two years, so I guess they don't want to rush them. They want to take a steady approach this way. They are they're hitting their peak later in the season. I get I don't know. And I'm not disagreeing with that. I agree with you. That's what they're doing. My point is what is where's the evidence that they're looking at that says the way to do this is by skipping them so that they're not taking the ball and, and building well, up not, their endurance. They're skipping them. They're just putting an extra day yes. in between their starts. That's what I'm saying. No, skipping them is like they don't pitch in 10 days. Yeah, no, that's right. You know what I mean, okay? Where's the evidence? Show me the evidence that that's what works. I don't it's know. Have we ever, have has we it ever worked yet? Pitch, have we ever had a pitching staff that had two guys in it that hadn't pitched in two years? No. Okay, so, I mean, I, technically three if you want to count Herman. What, you know, he what about when Sevy comes back? That'll be four. That'll be four. Will it pan out? I still am very hopeful. So you're looking at Kluber, who you want to talk about Kluber and Tyone. Even today, which I'll mention this later on, is that even today, where he did a piss-poor job, Tyone, you saw the stuff was there. Right. I have not seen the stuff there with Corey Kluber. I, I disagree. I could go back to his first start. The stuff was filthy. It was filthy. It really was. The stuff has not been there nearly as consistently as Tyone's stuff has been there. He's not, you know, I can come away with it, watching Tyone pitch saying when he gets his feet under him, yes, I'll be confident that he could be a really good pitcher. I have outside of that first start, he's regressed into me. He has Corey Kluber has regressed. I have not come away confident that at any point this year he'll be okay so can you agree with me in to a point at least with Corey kluber that maybe with a veteran like that with a guy who's been doing this for so long at such a high level that maybe giving him that extra day isn't working for him 
that maybe he needs to be a guy who goes out there and keeps progressing instead of instead of babying him and, and putting a guy in between when he starts and, and pushing him off a day. Isn't that going to happen enough with off days? No, but I guess. But here's the thing. You know, now we're almost through the first month of the season. Your two big acquisitions have not distinguished themselves. No, and I, and, and but I didn't expect them to this early on. But you 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 don't feel great about either one of them. I feel I feel very good about Tyone, man. I really feel, do. I wouldn't use very yet. I said I feel good about him. I don't feel I don't feel confident at all about Corey Kluber right now. He might be washed. That's how bad he's been in my eyes. Nah, I don't think so. I don't think he's been that bad, man. But you know what? It goes back to Herman right now of like why it's so important for him to get his shit together and to pitch the way he did after giving up Is those your three rotation, runs. I mean, look, dude, you know, you can't you you can't be, you know, massaging egos and feelings here. If Herman if Davey Garcia is going to pitch well tomorrow. He's got to stay in the rotation. Michael King should get a fucking start here. He's proven that he, I mean, it's been nine innings, but he hasn't allowed a run in nine innings. No, I got to say, I'm so happy that Davey's getting a, getting a shot Monday, but at the same time, I hate to do this because of, of how much I love that Davey's starting. Michael King's got to get the ball here. I mean, the guy's earned it. He really has. If you're going to put a guy in between these guys at this point, make it Michael King, at least give him one start. I mean, come on. And then you're not even using them. The problem with Michael King starting is that you can't trust any of these guys outside of Cole to get past the fifth inning. So you might need Mike King to come in and eat five, four or five innings so you don't When's the last time he's pitched? Bullpen. When's the last time he's pitched and had to do that? He did it. Uh, he did it a week and a half start. ago. And when did he? Yeah, a week and a half the, ago. The opener game. Yeah. Okay. So... But again, outside of Herman Starr and Garrett Cole, who's giving you length in this rotation? Yeah, Even Mon- yeah. But what I'm Montgomery saying is they're not using him. The- they're going to Nick Nelson. They're going to Nick Nelson, who was, by the way, what did the Yankees? What did the Yankees tell Nick Nelson today? They told him to go down to the fucking alternate site where you get. Yeah, they told him something else, though. They told him something else. Did they? Were they was yes. it more like get the fuck out? He looks like the dude from fucking Breaking Bad. Right. Man. He looks like fucking Todd. A lot of people. He looks like Todd. From Breaking Bad. Look, we said this that when we were, you know, leading into the season, the Yankees wanted one of these guys to fucking step up. Jonathan Luizica, who Unreal. is he's J Lo now. He's J Lo. Thank you. He's J Lo. He's J Lo. That will catch on. And it started here. Don't get it, it twisted. Start, the Yankees are going with low. Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah, they're going with low. That's because they don't want to piss A Rod off. Right. Actually, they don't care. He's not part of the organization anymore. They don't care. Mm. So we said one of these two guys, the Yankees needed one of these two guys to step up. Nelson and Luizica. J-Lo is, start, J-Lo is fucking closing games when Arolas Chapman is unavailable. Four, four outs, nonetheless. And Nick Nelson has to get a fucking job busting tables at Denny's in Scranton now. Yeah. Good. So that's how that's working out. Good. He should. And look, if you don't throw strikes, you're useless. Useless. Like we talked, we talked about this. We had heard scouts raving about Nelson's stuff in spring training. That's great. He can't fucking throw strikes. He does have good stuff. When he's well, on, he's, he, he's great stuff. When has he been on this? But shit? he hasn't been on. Uh, other than the, I, I, I'll go back to the game. One of the games where the imaginary runner was on second in extra innings, and he gave up that one hit to the wall. Um. 
other than that, he yeah, got out of the inning and he looked good. But yeah, I mean, he just hasn't had it. He can't be the guy. And you know, I, it's so funny. You just know when the Yankees have prospects that they really don't care that much about. Like whenever the Yankees care about a guy, it's either because they genuinely think he's great or they just want his value to stay great. But like Nick Nelson's one of the in-betweeners where he's definitely not ready to be in the major leagues. But they're like, fuck it, we're just going to throw him up here and he'll open a couple games and and come in when we're down two and we'll just show the league how fucking he'll, useless he'll be he another is. One, he'll be another one of the lost Knicks that they had in the bullpen, like Nick Rumble. Bro yeah, Nick and, Rumble, uh, Nick bro, yeah. Goody. Yeah. And then Nick, yeah, and Nick, then Nick, Nelson. Nick Nelson. Yeah. So, I mean, I was talking about this earlier today, is that... <clears throat> Well, I forgot. I completely fucking forgot. Nick now. Nelson oh, sucks. Oh, Luizica, right? Yeah. What 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 do we always say about Luizica? Stuff is nasty. Nasty. Can't throw strikes. Nasty. He's throwing strikes Doesn't now. Doesn't it look like he fit? Right? It looks like he figured it out. It. I mean, is it going to take two or three years for Nick Nelson to figure it out? Like it took two or three years for Jonathan Luizica to figure it out? Uh, I don't know if he's even if he if we even have to wait three years at this point. We're not we're not. When Luizica first came up, it, we had the time to wait. Right, that's where it worked out for him. Like Nick Nelson, you can't do, you can't give me something now. Fuck it, either rot in the minors or we'll trade you at some point in some bullshit package, right? But Jonathan Lewisaga, we've always, like you said, we've always said his stuff. He's got that fucking powerful fastball, and he just hasn't been able to put it all together until this year. He had one, I I don't even know if I want to say bad outing. He got knocked around a little bit. And I was like, fuck, I really hope this isn't him going, regressing back to what he was. But, man, he stepped up the last couple times now, and he's back to where, where he was to start the year. So we knew with Zach Britton being out, one of those two guys is going to have to step up and fill big innings. And, and, and J-Lo, is st- he, he did it. I mean, you got to tip your cap to the guy and say he did it. He's the one that, that has stepped up, and now Nick Nelson is going to, you know, he's back in screen. Well, here's where I'm going to fight for... Here's where I'm going to fight for Mike King to get a start here. As we get closer to Britain coming back, which do we have a timeline on that? Probably I know Voight hopefully June. within the next week or two, but closer to June. So here's where I'm going to fight for Mike King to get a start. When Britain comes back into this bullpen, don't forget Jonathan Loisica was a starting pitcher. He was a starter. Okay. So he can give you a few innings if you need him to. He can be that decent bridge where if the game's close, you can have a shorter leash on your starting pitcher. When you add Britain to this to this bullpen with, with Chad Green and then Chapman, who is just fucking, I am so unbelievably impressed with Chapman. I don't even have words to describe the difference in feeling I have from him and every other year he's been on the Yankees. But the depth you'll have in that bullpen with Jonathan Lewisica being the way he's been, is unbelievable where really at that point, why waste Mike King as a long guy when your starter can only go three and you're pretty much out of the game? Like if Mike King can be the guy, let's see if he can be the guy. Let's at least give him that opportunity to to blow it. Right. I don't have a problem with that, honestly, but you know, there's, I mean, if Corey Kluber is going to be the odd man, you, you, you owe Corey Kluber nothing. Honestly, you don't owe him anything. Right. It's a one-year deal. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I mean, if he's going to suck. That's on I him. Mean, he, he doesn't pitch. 
I mean, at least with Jamison Tyone, you you, you have, have him invested. under contract. Yeah. You you have him under contract for next year, so you need to get him through this. Right. So even if it doesn't work out this year, it works out next year. And I don't want to be like, oh, well, wait. No, I'm not waiting for next year. I'm just saying, you know, you're going to continue to give Tyone the ball because you have a commitment to him. You're nurturing Tyone differently than you are with Kluber. Kluber's a guy who's here on one year to prove himself and to the, to the league to get some type of contract. And and we're not saying that the Yankees don't care what he does. Of course we want they want him to be successful and be the guy that they know him to be. But there's not there's not the same um what's the word I'm looking for? There's not the same commitment to him as there is to to Jameson Tyone. And so if you have other guys who are going to pitch well, I mean, you got to use them at some point. And I'm not I'm not giving up on Kluber by any means. By any means. But here's something I want to ask you. We talked about Tyone or Kluber having to step up as number 2. Let's say Herman keeps pitching really well. He he he, you know, keeps rolling off of this good start. Can he be the dark horse that steps up as a number 2 guy? Does he have it in him? Whatever. I don't care at this point. And and guys, let's not the fucking stuff is there. Let's I not mean, fucking I'm, forget. We 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 seem to always forget Severino's gonna come back at some point. What if he's dominant? What if he's back to Severino? I mean, we have I just don't know what to expect from him. No, you don't. But I'm saying what if? Again, another what if, but what if he does? I mean, that's just I'm another really guy you add to this rotation. That's why the pitching right now is not a worry for me. And I think Christian, I think Christian froze here. All right, you froze there for a second. Um, I think I would, you know, I, I was just talking about Herman and and when Sevi comes back, I mean, the depth you have in this rotation, it just makes me, it makes the pitching, the starting pitching, something I'm not really going to worry about after one month, is really what what it comes down to. I don't think the Yankees should take themselves out of trying to acquire somebody either. To be honest, no, no. I don't think so either, but if I'm going to worry about something after one month of play, it's going to be the way the offense looks because we got to expect more. You know, there was a little bit of, you know, scuttlebutt yesterday, Saturday, about would the Nats trade Scherzer, final year of the contract, blah, blah, blah. And look, if he's available, there's no excuse the Yankees don't don't acquire him. It's unacceptable if he gets traded and he's not a Yankee. I'm sorry. And in this in this year where they have to win – Unless unless this thing completely goes off the rails, which I mean I don't think it's gonna at this point now. I think they they've kind of righted the ship a little yeah. bit, and I think they're gonna take off and go where they need to go. If Max Scherzer's available, and all it costs is money and prospects, and he winds up somewhere else, that's not acceptable. We're not giving. I'm not giving Brian Cashman the benefit of oh well they wanted this guy. I don't care. It it has to get done. What if? And I know the contract is fucked up because of the deferred money, because of the deferred money, and they'll have to work that out. Would Washington say, "Give us junk and pay the money," or you know, "We'll pay the money. We want premium prospects," or whatever they work out? The Yankees have to work it out. You're gonna, you mean to tell me that you have an opportunity to go into the postseason with Garrett fucking Cole and Max Scherzer? as your top two, and you're going to say no to that because, oh, I might, Jason Dominguez might be Mike Trout in 40 years, or, oh, I might go over the luxury tax. No, it's fucking unacceptable. It's unacceptable. So I'm looking at Max Scherzer's stats real quick. 
And we know he got lit up in his first game. He threw six yeah, innings. Yeah, and then he's probably been pitching. <laughs> he's only given up one earned run since then. Right. And I just saw his ERA quick yesterday. So is he, he's had to been back to, yeah. So he's had to been back to being Max Scherzer since then. So here's a question that's a, obviously a hypothetical. And I just want to know how stupid you think it would be given that Scherzer would be a rental. Let's just say Torres doesn't find himself. And he's just still this guy that's just not, hasn't come to what he's meant to be here. Not not showing you that superstar. No, I said prospects. I know. Not. I'm asking you. What if that's what it takes to get him? No, I said prospects. I'm okay. not pulling guys. Unless the Yankees have a trade lined up for Trevor Story, no. Okay, but maybe, let's just say maybe, yes, they do. Okay, but we're talking about a rental. Trade. You You're <laughs> giving up Torres. Am I winning this year? Well, you tell me. You said it yourself. <laughs> You're going into the postseason with with uh, Cole and Scherzer and then uh, some pretty good fucking guys behind them too. And this is what, when I tweeted this yesterday, that it was unacceptable if they don't acquire Scherzer. People were like, well, he's a rental. Why are you going to mortgage the future? We can win multiple. I don't want to no. hear the multiple championships arguments no. when this core hasn't won anything. They haven't won a damn thing. So don't, you can miss me with the, oh, we could win multiples bullshit when they haven't won a fucking title yet. Let's get the first one in the bag and then we can talk about winning multiples. Right, because the goal right now is you signed Cole to a 10-year deal, right? The goal is you got to get one under your belt here and then you hope that if you do have to give away your future a little bit to get that one under your belt, that you still have enough time to build back a team where Cole is still you know, somewhat dominant and you can still leverage him and, and win another in the future. Chris, anybody that I would trade in this deal in this potential deal with Max Scherzer wouldn't affect the team for two or three years anyway. Right. So why do I care at this They're point? They're pointless. It's like they were never born. You ever see It's a Wonderful Life? It's no. like they were never fucking born. It's like it's like you never saw It's a Wonderful Life. No, it's like when he goes back and he sees life without Except him. For it, That's one of my favorite moments. Yeah. Uh, it's like when he goes back and sees what life would be if he wasn't born and everything's miserable. Well, guess what? I know what it's if about. These, if these guys went back and saw what life was like if they weren't born, it'd be a fucking World Series championship for the Yankees. So it's worth it. They are nothing. They mean nothing to this team. You cannot, especially with a guy like Scherzer. If you're talking about some bullshit, like, a, like when the Yankees were going to make some bullshit trade for Robbie Ray a couple years ago, or Stroman... That's different. We're talking about Max Scherzer, man. That's like on a different. That's on a different level. And speaking of a different level, this is. And again, for some mm, people yeah. that listen to the show, don't follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. Don't listen to the show. So I'll get it out here. Both. It's a little public service announcement. Jacob Degrom is the best pitcher in Major League Baseball. If your if your opinion is anything other than that, it's not a credible one. Look, and that's not a knock on Garrett Cole. No. Garrett Cole is the second best pitcher in baseball. And guess what? I'm okay with that because he's still fucking great. Yeah. Jacob DeGrom. Like is, some guy was arguing. He's just on a different planet. His ERA is 0.3 right now. 0.3. He's given up he's given up less runs than he has produced Driven for his in. team. He's got two RBIs and allowed one earned run. That's insane. And he still has a loss on the year, by the way. Right. So yesterday, or whenever he started, what was it Friday night he started? He was just basically like, fuck this. I got to do this myself. I'll do it. I'll drive in the run. <laughs> it's great. But 
but people are like arguing with me yesterday, today, yesterday, today, like, oh, he pitches in the National League. So, well, I said, what does that have to do? What I said that, that to do you, I said that to you too. I wasn't trying to not. I said I would love to see him pitch in the American League, just to see how dominant he would still be. And I was like, what do you think would happen? You're like, I don't know. His ERA would go from point three five to point five nine, maybe. Like that's how good he is. It transcends over over both leagues. It doesn't matter. I think they say your your ERA fluctuates about a half run when you change leagues, and it goes up in the American League. So what? His ERA would be point eight right now. So that's <laughs> like some type of. So that means that he sucks if he goes to the American League. He's still the fucking best pitcher in the world by a, by a big by a margin. I want to say a big margin. No, a big. It's a big margin, Christian. You no, know, and Cole's, that's not a knock on Cole. Cole's phenomenal. Cole's in the. Yeah. I mean, you you got to put you got to put uh, Jacob Degrom one. So when I said when you see these lists come out of people that are supposed experts and they don't put Jacob Degrom number one, I mean, are they embarrassed or is their own stupidity? Yeah. You know, is that you being that stupid? You don't even ha- know how to. You don't be even. You don't. You don't like, even know how to be embarrassed or when to right. be embarrassed. You just don't have the social capacity at that point in your brain. But like. Here's here's something too. First of all, haven't the Mets lost two games that he's pitched? I think they lost two so far that he's pitched, and he's only given up one earned run. That's one thing. It's criminal. It's, it's criminal. Like, it's it, fucking, it's, it's criminal. wild. But here's here's another thing. I I tweeted this out, and and you saw it in Garrett Cole's eyes the other night pitching against Shane Bieber. This is not a knock on Shane Bieber. He's a great pitcher. I really think he as he continues to pitch in this league, he's just going to get better. But you saw a little chip on Garrett Cole's shoulder pitching against him the other night, and he was fucking locked in. He was fired up because a lot of these professionals and analytic guys and guys on MLB Network and all that, a lot of them had Shane Bieber ahead of him. As, as Shane a, Bieber is the best pitcher in baseball. So yes. List. Okay. Don't, do not think for a second Garrett Cole doesn't have that in the back of his mind. To say, let me show you who the fucking who's the better pitcher here, and that's why he's a competitor. That's why he's the guy who needs to be on the mound when this team wins their twenty eighth championship. Guy goes one run over seven innings, strikes out eleven, which from your ace you'd sign for every time out. And to a man, he'll tell you that he didn't pitch that well yesterday. He really didn't. I mean, he was great. And no, and and if we watching it, us watching the game can tell that he was struggling with his control. He was in a lot of deep counts. And he still dominated the game. That wasn't even near the best that we'll see Garrett Cole pitch uh, this year. Yep. It's That's un- how good he is. It's and Jacob DeGrom is. is and, and to show you how good Jacob DeGrom is, Jacob DeGrom is better than that. And, and that's not a knock on Garrett Cole. No. Yankee fans need to understand, like, oh, Garrett, uh, we have to defend Garrett Cole. First of all, assholes, the guy had a slump last year. You wanted to run him out of town and call him a bust, but now somebody's better than him, and now you got to defend him. So let's just relax. Sometimes somebody's better, and it's not a knock. Like, we got the second-best pitcher in baseball. That's good. That's great. That's I'm good. Okay he's, in a di- that. he's in a different league, so it doesn't matter. And they're getting closer to being lined up together. Like, yeah. they're a day off. Like, they have to... 9-11. They have to... 9-11, they have to face each other. Are we going they to that game? To. I have to go to that game. I don't it's care a, what I have to pay. Field. I don't care. I have to be there. You I have to be also, there. And the fucking capacity bullshit limits better be lifted by then. They're also... I didn't even realize this. They're playing at Yankee Stadium on 4th of July weekend, too. So, they got the two... They got two big weekends covered, the Yankees and Mets. Let's just let's just close our eyes for a second and think about a world a subway series where 
Jacob deGrom and Garrett Cole line up, just because Jacob deGrom is on a different planet, that doesn't mean that Garrett Cole can't go fucking toe-to-toe with him. And it, and you wouldn't see a fucking scoreless game through seven or eight. I mean, that's how good Garrett Cole is. It's just a matter of the consi- – it's really the consistency out of DeGrom that it's just – it's unrealistic at this point. There's another thing somebody said. Well, he's good now. Well, what? When he's <laughs> fucking 40, he won't be good anymore? Yeah, I mean, like, that's what on. happens, people. <laughs> There's something that Garrett Cole's doing this year that – I'm not going to mention because I don't want to ruin it, but he's he's been a lot better at this post opening day. Yes, he's been a lot better at this. And you know what? I almost texted you about it, and again, I won't jinx it. I almost texted you about it in the two one win because it was that time when I wanted to text you and say, "Okay, here's his here's his test. Here's his first test of it after opening day," and he and he fucking came through, man, and and he has he's been much better with it. So, so the only other thing I really we got a, we got some fan comments to read and then the only other thing I want to say here because the show's running a little bit long, but this is good though. Like last week we couldn't wait to get the fuck out of here, right? And now at least this week, you know, they're winning. We want to talk about the games. Right. We want to talk it's about much the more enjoyable. Um, and again, anybody that wants us to sit here and break down games, it's not what we're here to do. No, it's we not, we talked I'm, about that. You know, like you know, people might be new to the show, and it's like, well, they hadn't recorded in a week, so why didn't they break down the Braves game? Because nobody fucking cares. Yeah, like you watched it. If you're that much of a fan that you're listening to the show, you watched it. We just need to talk about the overall, I don't know, structure of this team and how they're how they're performing. There's certain like we'll we might break down the day's game a little bit more because it's fresher in everybody's minds. Like, but for the most part, we're we're looking big picture out of teams playing, you know, talk, you know, certain players like we've been doing, like we're not going to sit here and say, well, how come Aaron Boone didn't bunt in the sixth inning on Wednesday? Like, why don't he do that? Huh? Well, you know, nobody cares. No one cares. We're past that now. But here's one thing that really bothered me today. Yankees jump out to a three, nothing lead. Uh, They go back to back. With Geo and Homer Simpson hit hit a couple of home runs. First back right? to back of the season, by the way. Right. It was a shock. I was shocked. I almost died. I was holding my I was trying to get my daughter to take a nap and I almost dropped her on the fucking floor because Mike Ford didn't hit a lazy pop up and saw oh, Mike Ford yeah. back to the dugout uh with his dumb mustache. Like, please shave that. I kinda like it. You know what? If he's going to hit home runs, he can keep it. But if he's going to not hit home runs, it has to yeah. go. Before you get to your point, I just want to say real quick, I like, I'm glad that Jay Bruce retired because as much as we can't stand Mike Ford and we don't take him seriously, I do like this team. Without without Luke Voigt right now, I like this team structured better with Mike Ford. I do. Which we, right. We'll have to discuss this at a later date when we're closer to getting Voigt back. But, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see – I mean, especially if Odor is going to take this leadership role and get high and contribute to wins, what's going to happen when Luke Voigt comes back? Mm-hmm. Uh, but here's, right, you're feeling good. Yankees going for the sweep, 3 nothing, And then Jamison Tyone allows the first four batters yeah. to fucking score, and the game's over. Yeah. That's unacceptable. I agree. 
I'm sorry. You have to be better than that. If you're going to lose the game, you're going to give up four runs over four innings, whatever. It's baseball. We, we're, we'll, we'll take it. You're working back. You haven't pitched in two years. You showed this, You showed you had good stuff. We're looking for things to build on. But you cannot allow the first four batters to score and blow a 3 nothing lead right after it's handed to you. Yeah. That is such a fucking pet peeve of mine. I'm Oh, I was so mad. And I, I really didn't get... It was more like apathy when they were playing bad. It was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. But today I was pissed. Like, come on, dude. You got to be fucking better than this. Blow this lead in the fifth inning. Like, you couldn't, like, scientifically or realistically, literally, whatever word you want to use, could not blow the lead any faster than he did. Yeah, and the two things I'll say is, one, you, you hope, like you said, you've seen a lot of good out of him. You hope that when he gets into more of his, you know, full strength and, and his rhythm that he's not doing things like that. Obviously you got to hope for that. And the other thing is, you know, it almost, you feel, you feel like an idiot being mad about it because they want, they took three out of four, but it's different if they went down three, nothing or something. The fact that they had a three, nothing lead and, and they were on track to close out a four game sweep when they really needed it. Right. They really could have used it. That's right. where it's it not hurts like the they're most. 15 games over right. in the middle of July and they lost the final game of the series. They still need to get to 500. Right. It was a weird series in that the team that scored first in all four games lost. They lost. Yeah. And three of the four teams that and three of the four times the team blew a three nothing lead. Well, I got to say the one thing that like you know, we always say don't don't get ahead of yourselves. Don't take a few games and make it into the world. You know, don't make the world out of it just because they won a few games here. But the games they did won, they came from behind, which is a huge, I mean, that's a huge sign of of a team coming out of it. Again. Yeah, well, you know what? People want to complain about heart and everything like that. Well, a team that comes back back-to-back nights after being down, you know, that's that's a sign of heart, and that's a sign of a team that's coming out of it. The Yankees aren't going to come back from 3 nothing down hitting singles. They're going to come back by hitting, hitting home, home runs. runs, whether you like it or not. I mean, it, that's that's this team. So, if there's anything you you good on that? No, that I'm good. I'm good, man. All right. Okay. 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 Right. So we asked the Yankees hit rock bottom after getting swept at home by Tampa last week. The team responded by going four and two against Atlanta and Cleveland. Has this week alleviated any of your concerns about the? the Yankees going forward. Bobby from the Bronx says they're going to score runs and the bullpen is great. Still worried about that. The rotation is not deep enough and the analytics department's game management plan is totally broken. Bobby from the Bronx was going at it on the analytics this week on Twitter. Well, here's about the game management plan. Is it really broken? Like in your opinion, do you think it's broken or they just rest guys at the wrong time? Or is that part of it being broken? Yeah, I don't like the fact, and the Yankees have been open about this. The Yankees have said this openly that, and it's not just the Yankees. I mean, it's any team that's analytically driven, which is most teams now, they don't believe in a hot hitter anymore. That's just not a thing that they. But then they do shit like I know. Put Rolf Neto Dorf mm-hmm. fucking cleanup after he gets hot. So I know. It's, so, t- <laughs> it's pretty much what they do is they try and justify it by saying, if you look at the analytics, it doesn't matter. Guys don't necessarily get hot. They can sit and then come back and get hot. Yeah, sure. We're not arguing that. When a guy's hot, he's hot. What we're arguing is that why are they getting rest when they're hot? What is the point? 
There's no point. Well, the problem is the my problem with the analytics is not necessarily how deep they go into things. It's the fact that they schedule it now. It's like a schedule. It, Boone knows when he's benching certain guys, barring injury or, or them feeling sore. There's a schedule of when these guys are going to sit, and it doesn't matter right. if they Judge just came li- off of four home runs the game before. Right. Judge could literally go uh, fucking you know, 12 for 12 with 12 home runs in the first three games of the Orioles series. If he's due for a day off on Thursday, he's not playing. It's coming. And and that's where I have a problem. It's almost like when we talk about Girardi that he would have been fired regardless if they won the World Series in 2017. It's like that. It's like it doesn't matter what these players do. If they're coming up on a scheduled day off, they're getting off on that day. And uh, I'm just not okay with that. All right, so our boy Ryan, starting pitching needs to improve, except Cole bullpen is super solid. Offense dependent on home run, home runs like always. At this point, this is a team we ride with, so all rise all the time. Uh, Chris Cologne, I'm still concerned about the pitching outside of Cole. Seems to be a very common theme, right? Uh, I know it's still too early to think about the postseason, but we need these pitchers to be able to hold off the uh, opposing team at as at least long enough for the Yankees to have a chance to come back. We see what happens when they press. Yeah, I'll go back to what I said before. The starting pitching is the least of my worries. I think they have a lot of depth, whether it be organizationally or going out and getting a guy before the trade deadline, like a guy like Scherzer. Um, And you got Severino coming back again. There are a lot of what-ifs, but my biggest thing is you're worried because you're seeing two guys who haven't pitched in two years. Give them a couple more. Give them another month to really try and settle in. You always say, hold on. You always say Memorial Day weekend, right, is like the big marker. Let's talk then when it comes to starting pitching. Let's see where Tyone and Kluber are then, and let's see how we feel about the starting pitching come Memorial Day. This is why we said we couldn't have – we didn't want any, but we said you really couldn't have two of these guys in rotation because are you – burning bullets in the bullpen in April that you will need in October. I don't know. Yeah. We've seen these guys burn out. We've seen these, these relievers burn out like, yeah, we're happy with the wise. now, but are we, are we spending valuable bullets because we don't have guys that can go deep into games outside. They also don't have Britain right now. So when Britain comes back, that's another guy. So fuck it. Let's what you what you're really going to need is let's squeeze all the water out of that sponge and then throw it away. You're going to have to have guys during games when it's closer. You're winning, and then guys when it you're when you're down a run or two that you go to, and Green needs to be a guy that comes in and isn't just a one inning guy. Maybe Green is is a couple innings. He's he's like the extinguisher, the fire extinguisher. Like right the, now, he's, a, he's they're using him as a setup guy. Right. But what I'm saying is when Britain comes back. And then you have the wise guy who can give you a couple innings. Right. And if Britain comes back in June, when are you anticipating him being Britain? Not right away. It might take a month. Well, pretty much what needs to happen is when the offense starts to really click and they put up runs, they got to score. I was thinking this today. The Yankees really, because of how good this bullpen is, they got. I know this sounds stupid and like kind of like a duh statement, but they got to try and score early and often. They got to get to a point where when that fifth inning rolls around, you don't have to necessarily be going to your big bullets where maybe if the starter starts to, you know, lose his stuff a little bit where you can go to Nick Nelson's of the world and try and get you through a few innings. The Yankees haven't gotten there yet. Every game's been tight that they've won. 
Yeah, I know a lot of people had a problem. I know some people, not, I wouldn't say a lot, had a problem with Tyone coming out after the fourth inning. I really didn't. I mean, he labored through the fourth inning. No, you he, had to pull him. He, he, he threw 82 pitches, which is right about where they want him right now. Uh, the problem that made it look really bad is that Nick Nelson sucks. Right. But then Luis Sessa comes in, and he's pitching to a .770 array, so maybe the mistake wasn't taking Tyone out of the game. It was not going to Sessa at that point. But, again, the, they didn't score. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you hate to nit, nitpick certain things, but it seems like maybe that, like, Boone is still just kind of, like, not 100% with that stuff. Yeah, that's where his biggest flaws. Uh, We'll read two more here. I'm only reading this one because his at is twitchy, Mo. Nice. And he says that starting pitching is still a problem, but the offense does seem to be waking up. Come and the last on. one, I'm only reading this because we got to go negative, right? Our numbers Have were to. high. Our numbers were high last week because we went negative. Yep. So we got to throw this in here. Plus, his at is fire Cashman. So I mean, like you just know what he's going to say here. He's so very rational. Yeah, it's going to be very, very rational. Uh, he writes, zero. This team will always win about 95 games just on home runs alone and tanking teams from June on and still lose in the American League Division Series. The pitching is a dumpster fire, and the bullpen will be shot by August. Their lineup is too inconsistent. How many games did they win in 2019? No, that would be 103. How many games did they win in 2018? That was 100. Was that 95 or better? Now that you know, I wasn't a math major, and I had to cheat to graduate college in my math courses. But I'm still pretty sure that 100 is more than 95. Yes. Okay. So here's here's the only thing you could say. They need a number two to step up. We've said it from the beginning, and it will be the it will be the common theme of the entire season. They will make the postseason. If the Yankees don't make the postseason, it's been the biggest catastrophe we've ever seen in our lifetime. On a, on a baseball and field. And then you will get what you want, Brian Cashman. And, and then he, then hopefully you they will be fired, and then I will agree with you. They will make the postseason, and from there you, you hope you have that number two. And I promise you if that happens, a, a real number two, this team rides it all the way through to the World Series. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So another little piece of news before we wrap up here is that Miguel Andujar was activated off the injured list, but he was optioned to the alternate site. Mm. Do you see him being an option at any point to come up here and maybe spark the offense a little bit? No. No. I mean, where? Exactly. I, where? I mean, you just said it two minutes ago. You have a guy in Roofnet Odor who's not going to give you the world here. He's not going to he's not going to bat 300, but He's got that pop. He's got that fire that you're not even going to know where to put him when Luke Voigt comes back. You're telling me you're going to bring up a guy in Miguel Andujar who they've completely given up on after he had what we would all say is a rookie of the year season when he first came up. So so where's he going to go now? Are you going to start him at DH? I'll tell you what. He might be the piece that puts that that uh, that the Nationals take for Scherzer. Fine. Go ahead. See ya. See, and, and if that's the case, you leave him down, right? You leave him down, and, and and you say, "Look at what this guy can do." Miguel Andujar is not in my future plans. He's just not. So no, unfortunately, he's not. I really liked him, not at third base, but I liked him. You know, when he was hit his stride at the plate. Right. So, it's unfortunate, and you know, Clint Frazier might be the same type of guy, but you know, it is what it is at this point. It is what it is. 
So that'll wrap up episode 282. I can't believe we're fucking... No, 228, right? <laughs> 282, Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. It feels like we've done almost 300 of mm-hmm. these. We, are we going to get to 300, you think? Or Let's do it. Full? Let's make that a goal. All right. So that'll wrap up episode 228 of the NYYST podcast. We'll take a quick look ahead here. As we've been mentioning all throughout the show, the Yankees will be in Baltimore Monday through Thursday uh, for a four-game series against the Orioles. Uh, anything less than three wins is unacceptable. They have to go out here and at least win three frigging games here. Davey Garcia will make his uh, made his major his. 2021 debut Monday night against Matt Harvey. Then Tuesday night, it's going to be Corey Kluber against um, Bruce Zimmerman. There's like 40 Zimmermans in Major League Baseball. Big start for Kluber, by the way. Oh, absolutely. He's got he's to be representative in that start. If there's a time where he can really kind of just get some confidence and show you who he, who he plans to be this year, it's against the Orioles on Tuesday night. Uh, Orioles' big pitching matchup on uh, Wednesday night, it's Herman against TBD. So we'll see if Herman can back up his strong start in Cleveland. And then uh, to wrap up the series, it's a 105 game. All Monday through Wednesday are 705, 105 on Thursday because it's a getaway day. It's Montgomery versus, uh, let's bring this up here, Jorge Lopez in a sexy 8.15 ERA. So, I mean, you know. Tells you enough right there. I'm a little bit surprised that Garrett Cole's not starting in this series. He would be on turn to pitch uh, the the final game on Thursday. So, uh, you know, the Yankees said they were going to keep him on turn. I guess it looks like maybe they're, they are going to give him an extra day here. But we'll see. Um, I'd rather, honestly, probably wouldn't be able to watch the game Thursday anyway. So, you know, you don't want to miss a Garrett Cole start. So, selfishly, maybe it's better he pitches on Friday. Yeah. And, again, thank you to the patrons uh, who have, who have signed up so far, go to patreon.com slash MIYST to support the show and uh, for some exclusive content and material throughout the season. All right, so follow us at NYY Sports Talk. Thank you for listening to episode 228. Chris, say goodbye. (laughs)